Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, this is Kongson with Believe in SDSU Basketball on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. This is the only place with a show for every team in San Diego and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On the very first episode of this podcast, we're going to uh, set the table for the state of men's and women's basketball at San Diego State, where they were entering Utah State or their matchup against Utah State tonight, and we're going to discuss what happened during both of their games. So we're going to start on the women's side. They entered tonight's competition at six and nine a bit of a struggling year up and down games but they have a balanced attack with three players averaging double digit points per game Uh, currently so far in this season they've had some struggles shooting the three ball as there's only about six games shooting over 35 percent and not all of those games leading to wins and currently they're uh, losing the turnover battle overall only three games having less than 10 turnovers. Um, but their primary leading scorer is Taylor Calmer, number 25, at 14.4 points per game. And uh, she was able to, she's been able to score double figures in her, the last nine games. And that's followed up with Mallory Adams, number three, a second leading scorer at 12.8 points per game. Um, she's only been able to play in six games, but has scored in double figures in five of them, which is pretty impressive. And rounding out the three-headed monster is Sofia Ramos, number two, at 12 points per game, and she also leads the team in assists and steals. So entering tonight's game, they hosted Utah State at Viejas Arena, and they were able to walk away with a 66-62 to win. Uh, they brought their conference record back to 500 at two and two improves their record to seven and nine um, on the San Diego State front Sophia Ramos was able to lead all uh, Aztecs with 20 points to add to five rebounds and two assists and Taylor Calmer uh, was able to pitch in with 14 points and five assists with Monique Terry supporting a five of six shooting night two for three from the free throw line 13 points a rebound and a steal and they were able to set the tone early on, holding Utah State to just eight points in the first quarter, as they were able to score at least 13 every quarter uh, to their victory with the highest amount of points, or sorry, they were able to score 20 points in the fourth um, to push for the victory. And coming up for them the upcoming this week, that made no sense at all. Coming up for them this week is another home game at Wyoming, and then traveling to Boise State on Saturday, January 11th. So uh, there's still plenty of time to try to turn the season around. And with college basketball, the beauty of it all is you can always make it to the big dance if you win your conference tournament. So at this point in time, um, for the women's team, what they got to focus on is just getting in a good rhythm, building on victories, and trying to capitalize in March before the big dance. The talk of the town is actually now on the men's side. Um, Entering today's slate at Utah State, 
a team that hasn't lost at home since the beginning of the 2019, almost the beginning of this year, uh, since the beginning of 2019, they entered the game 14-0, ranked 13th in the country. Um, they also have a tough game upcoming on Wednesday at Wyoming, which is always a tough place to play in the Mountain West. And they've sort of been able to pull out these victories with a balanced attack, a little bit more balanced than what you may be used to of ASEC teams in the past that are priding themselves on defense. Um, this team is a little bit more offensively balanced and is able to shoot from deep a little bit better than other um, former Aztec teams. So the leader of the team, the leader leading scorer of the team is Malachi Flynn, a 6'2 junior from Tacoma, Washington. He's averaging 15.5 points per game entering tonight's game and shooting 43.2% from three, um, posting a, an impressive 11.6 overall box plus minus and per NBA draft.net is currently ranked as the 46th overall prospect. So he is on the radar of some teams uh, at the very least in the G League. The ASIC team, I mean, they're basically able to knock down the three. They're shooting 37.7% from deep as a team, which is enough for 35th in the country. They're able to limit their turnovers. Um, which is in the upper top 65 in the country. They share the ball a lot, uh, 225 to total assists so far, which includes 20, which is good enough for 23rd in the country. Um, and they're able to play that prototypical Aztec defense. They're holding opponents to an average of 56 points per game, which is good enough for seventh in the country. And they're able to clamp down and not let opposing teams get comfortable from deep and holding that holding teams to 26.5% from three, which is good enough for 10th in the country. The other leading stars or the other stars on the men's team is Matt Mitchell. He's a six, six forward from nearby Riverside, California. Uh, he's the, our leading bench scorer at 11.1 .1 points per game and he shoots 39% from three. Definitely slimmed down this year. Uh, I heard reports of losing 25 pounds in the offseason to try and fit into the more aggressive style on defense. I mean, these guys play up and down the court for the entire 40 minutes and really try to physically wear you out as the game goes along. Uh, we have Yanni Wetzel, the 6'10 Kiwi, uh, the third leading scorer, 10.7 points per game. Um, he is naturally you know, as a big man can have some struggles shooting from deep. Um, but he has that offers that versatility when he's able to hit it from outside. And we have Jordan Shackle, a six, six junior from my hometown, Torrance, California, averaging 10.1 points per game, um, 43.9% from three, the team's, uh, leading shooter. So entering tonight's game, they were without their starting center, Nathan Mensa, which pushed uh, Yanni Wetzel to the starting lineup and was able to push Matt Mitchell to the starting lineup as well, along KJ Fagan, Jordan Shackle, and Malachi Flynn. Um, in the first half, they were playing uh, the stereotypical Aztec basketball, very tough and physical on defense, switching everything, um, getting the boards, and making sure that they're keeping their opponent in front of them, um, limiting turnovers or I'm sorry, on defense trying to cause turnovers, 
and making sure that they only get one opportunity to try and score. And I think the announcers described it well as saying that the way that the Aztecs play defense, they were really focused on making you feel like that every single shot and every single point mattered. And you've kind of felt that as a Utah State team who's typically shooting pretty well. I, I would say in the high 70% from free throw from the free throw line, we're uh, missing a few free throws here and there. And the announcers couldn't help but mention sort of the energy around the Utah State team was that of high energy and high intensity of just having to guard and having to be guarded by the Aztecs also helped them sort of feel that the uh, free throws and there was just a lot of energy spent is basically what I'm trying to say. So the first half was a feeling out process with San Diego State running uh, their standard plays, starting with a high pick and roll, typically with KJ Fagan and Yanni Wetzel. Uh, They do an interesting thing where the big man won't really ever dive to the basket. They just kind of hover around the three-point line. Uh, KJ will, or the lead guard, will dribble to the weak side of the ball and pass the ball back to the center at the top of the key. You have your guard in the strong side corner with another forward who's going to set a down screen and the guard will wrap around and take the handoff from the center. So he's effectively getting two screens. And then that's when the center will, or the big man will start to roll to the basket. And, and that's typically their first motion. And they were getting a lot of success with that between Malachi Flynn and his playmaking ability and Matt Mitchell's, uh, he was just on fire today. And so that was a good motion to set the tone on offense. And they were able to consistently make enough shots that would put pressure on Utah State to continuously have to try and string a run together. Um, but San Diego State was able to keep its distance, maintain a seven-point lead leading into halftime. Um, the second half was where things got a little bit more interesting. Uh, San Diego State was able to build the lead as big as 16. And after a timeout, with the help of Nemes Kita, uh, Utah State was able to climb all the way back and try to cut that lead down to seven with, I want to say, about four minutes left to play. Or I'm sorry, with about, yeah, I think four minutes, four, four to, you know, to be honest, I don't even know. It's probably, I'm probably wrong. I'll say seven just to split the difference. Um, with a lot of time to play in the game. And that created the pressure back onto San Diego State. But thanks to Matt Mitchell, who was able to keep a hot shooting hand the entire game, even with Malachi Flynn in foul trouble in the first half, was able to keep the distance. And Jordan Shackle was able to hit the last dagger that finally put the nail in the Utah State coffin. And we really even get to got to experience the great home court advantage that Utah State has until late into the second half when they were really trying to string and run. But um, overall, I felt like everybody on the Aztecs team played great. I mean, KJ Fagan is just so fast on TV. I, I can't imagine what, how quick he seems when you see him in person. And um, Matt Mitchell and losing that 25 pounds is really noticeable. He's able to do a lot of moves and go up and unders and 
crossover and change direction a lot quicker or something he I don't think he I would say he was um, able to do with much effectiveness last season um, Yanni had a little bit of trouble with Keita uh, Keita being a just a ginormous human being um, was sort of putting Yanni um, and blocking his shots at will but to give credit to Yanni when it's due he's relentless and he just kept attacking the rim and played as if you know that last block was didn't happen so that was great um Jordan Shackle was making sure he kept his distance and knocking down timely threes he had a couple of hiccups late game but at that point the lead was in double digits and uh, it would have taken a lot more for Utah State to come back. Um, while Mal- Malachi was out with foul trouble in the first half, I want to say I really was impressed with Trey Pulliam and his ability to sort of run the offense and create plays. And that was quite impressive. I mean, he had a couple of floaters and he was able to really time his drives and kicks and floaters and jumpers and just create that distance and keep the ball rolling as it uh, Malachi had to sit on the bench. While KJ really seems to rely on his speed, the thing I, I do really like about Malachi is just that he may not have a top speed. He may probably just have four gears, but he's never out of control. And we were really able to see that uh, when he was leading the pick and roll in the first motion, he's able to split the defense and then simultaneously keep his man on his back and keep the distance with the big man to kind of keep him in a no-win situation. He doesn't get out of control. He doesn't get overly emotional. He doesn't force things. Um, When he picked up those fouls, one impressive move was in the second half where he dove or drove to the basket. Um, All five Aggies had his eyes on Malachi, and he just had a quick jump stop to avoid any offensive fouls kicked it out to shackle for the three and that really helped stop any momentum that Utah State had so that was also quite impressive overall I want to say that um, the game was very impressive I mean there wasn't any moment in time where any of the Aztecs seemed out of control or losing their composure Uh, they were a really well composed uh, team today. I mean, there were a couple of times where I felt like on the Utah State side, they had some veteran moves. I mean, Sam Merrill was able to set some really good picks on Wetzel, and that could have easily um, been a point of contention, seemingly because Wetzel is like twice the size of Merrill, so he shouldn't really be stopped by a guard setting it down or an up screen. But Situations like that, situations where I feel some of the Aggie guards were um, possibly exaggerating certain plays to draw the foul, and then the referee called them. Um, the Aztecs could have easily just lost their composure. Um, even Coach Dutch was trying to argue a bad call, and after a while he realized, you know, we're up 11 with a minute to play. There's no point in trying to risk attack just to prove a point. So really impressive win overall. They finished the game 15-0. And the next question would be what to expect from here. And I, what I think is really going to happen is we're going to see some movement, especially 
after this weekend, we had Ohio State ranked fifth in the country, lose yesterday, and today we had Louisville, who's ranked seventh, Memphis, who's ranked ninth, and number 10, Villanova, all lose. So there is a really strong possibility, in my opinion, that you that San Diego State can move possibly into the top 10, maybe at 10 or 11 would be my prediction. But we can't really sleep on Wednesday's game at Wyoming. The games at Wyoming are always really tough, and they're it's a just really tough place to play. So we really can't enjoy this victory for too long. I mean, I think as win, as wins or as sorry as winning streaks go, the higher the number goes, there's a natural intensity and a natural um, pressure that builds as you continue to play. You become from somebody who is doing the hunting to being the hunted. And now you're going to start to get every team's best performance out there because they want to be the team that hands the Aztecs their first loss. So I hope that they keep that in mind. I know that Coach Dutch will have these guys well-prepared. None of these guys seemed um, too big for the moment or just relaxed about the fact that they're 15-0. Everybody, as they're walking off the court, just handled it as if it's another win, which was very uh, hopeful to see, in my opinion. I didn't see a lot of celebrating. I didn't see a lot of uh, smack talk to Utah State or their fans. I just saw a lot of handshakes, and they just walked off the court as if it was just business. So it's a very exciting time to be an Aztec fan. So stay tuned to the Believe in SDSU Basketball podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and subscribe us on iTunes. We are available wherever podcasts can be found. You can find us on Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. Again, my name is Kongsan. I am on Instagram at N-A-S-G-N-A-K. It's basically just my name backwards. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact us at Believe.com. So we have a matchup this Wednesday at Wyoming for the men and home on Saturday 11th, Saturday the 11th against Boise State. It's an exciting time. Like I said before, it's going to be great. Uh, Let's hope that the next episode will keep the same energy, will keep the same positivity. And thank you for listening. And until next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.